joining us. We are here today with our first ever special guest. Her name is Elise. So welcome. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me guys. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Yes. This is a new venture for us having podcast guests. So yeah, we actually had to be somewhat prepared. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like we prepared more for today than we ever have before. We even went out and got ourselves an actual mic, not just, uh, you know, recording out of a laptop anymore. So hopefully friends that are listening can hear us a little bit better and uh, can hear our guests. So yeah, it's the goal. We're legit now. We are legit. We have name ideas for the mic also. We're trying to name it. So Yeah, we'll, we'll show you a picture. Right now we're stuck on Earl. But we, need to, we need some suggestions. So. Um, okay, so today's going to be really fun. We're just um, going to have some girl talk this morning. And we're really diving into like dating and relationships and what it takes to really set those healthy boundaries and not settle. Mm-hmm. Like what it means to wait for the right person and then what it means to also keep your standards high when you're with them. And like when you know yeah. when you found the right person. Like that's always like, I feel like for me at least, like probably seven of them have like waltzed right by me and I'm like, okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> totally oblivious. So like, how do you know? I guess. Yeah, I'm just like thrown in random topics. That was not planned. (laughs) No, that's exactly. We're like, how do you know? How do you know you're in the right situation? How do you know um, that you're also like, how do you know when to walk away? Like, how do you know when enough is enough? And And I think it's also important to talk about too, like when it's okay to have doubt. Like it's okay to question things and it's okay. I think so many people are like, oh my God, he did something I didn't, or she or he or whatever, did something I didn't like. And so like, I need to get rid of them. But like at the same time, like not every single person is going to like do everything that you love. So Mm -hmm. what are the things that you can live with and what are the deal breakers? And like, I feel like in every relationship, you're going to have doubt. You're going to have questions and I feel like that's so normal and so I think talking about those kinds of things too is important yeah absolutely at least you want to tell us a little bit about yourself oh my gosh yes um so I'm a hairstylist here in Green Bay I rent my own chair um which by the way I'm gonna have to like give you a call because (laughs) I was texting Miranda this week and I was like can you please send me her website because these roots be looking a little cray (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I live downtown Green Bay with my cat in a studio apartment. Mm. Um, I guess my biggest thing is I'm still on the search for the right one, but I have many insight into <laughs> <laughs> the actual dating world. Um, so yeah, that's. Would you describe yourself as single and ready to mingle, or single and enjoying? like doing you for a while or what's your status? I think it depends on the day, really. (laughs) I mean, I'm definitely at that point. I've been single for like probably since my last major relationship, it's been over two years. And so I'm looking, I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to have like Mm -hmm. a partner, someone to do like life with and Mm -hmm. go through the bumps and um like crazy parts of life with but I'm also kind of going back on like I'm not going to just settle to be with someone just because I'm 27 and everyone else around me is married or getting married Mm -hmm. um so so yeah I'm like looking but also not going to just like attach myself to the first person that Mm -hmm. shows any interest in me I think that's such a thing with our age right now because I think there are such like there's a large group of people that are in that like getting married having kids stage and then I feel like there are people that are in that dating stage and then single stage and I feel like there is this pressure 
that gets put on women because we have a time clock, like, and if you want to have a family, whatever. So I think that like when women hit this age, they immediately want to like jump in those things, whether they're ready or not, because they're like, well, I don't really have a choice. I have to like go for it. And that like, it's, it's scary because it's a big decision. For sure. I think, yeah. I mean, like all of my girlfriends um, are either married or engaged or in long-term relationships. And sometimes I find myself in that, like, I should be where they are. Like, why doesn't my life look like theirs? And then I pull myself out of that and remind myself, like, everyone's story is different. Mm -hmm. Um, And my path has never been the same as theirs. So why should I expect it now at this point in my life? Um, And And so, yeah. That I struggle with, too, because now every single one of my very good friends is either married, engaged, and my last single friend just started dating someone and it's pretty serious. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's like, okay, cool. Like y'all are going to have like five-year-old kids running around and I'm still going to be like, nope, haven't found anyone yet. Still by myself. Yeah, for sure. Like nothing new. I bought a new pair of shoes. (laughs) Oh, I stayed out till bar close. Um, Again. (laughs) I'm envious of all the things you just said. That's the only thing. When you are married or in that like other category, you're like, hmm, those are all things I don't do anymore. <laughs> like, don't get the chance to do. So <laughs> as much as you might feel that way, we do feel that way on the other side too. But um Well, I also think too for me is um really embracing my friends that are going through those like phases in their lives. Like being truly excited, because I truly am. I'm so excited that my best friends have found the loves of their lives and people like that they can do life with. Like I am mm-hmm. truly generally like happy for them. And so it is exciting. Like, it's not like when I look at my girlfriends that like, get engaged or are getting married, I'm not like, Oh damn it. Like another, right, like, another one. Right. Yeah. No, I look at it and I'm like, I'm so happy for you mm-hmm. because it dating is hard. And I'm so happy that you have found your person and are going through life with them now. That's really cool that you can have that mindset Mm -hmm. too, because I think so many people feel the opposite, like have that, like, Oh my God, another person like getting married. Oh my God. When is that going to happen for me? And I don't think that's a bad feeling either. I think you're very strong in the fact that you can like feel that way for your friends. But I also, I feel like I can completely understand how you could feel the other way too. Oh, for sure. And don't get me wrong. Like there are moments of like sadness, I would say, where I'm like, why am I not, again, why am I not, why doesn't my life look like theirs? But then it's pulling myself back out of that and reminding myself like your, your life is just different. It looks different and everyone's life looks different. And like someday I will be to this point, but right now I'm not, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's such a beautiful way to look at it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I have, this is like a very selfish question and something I probably could have just like texted you, but like, why not chat about it on the podcast? Um, so if you've listened to previous episodes, my dating life is literally like 100% non-existent, like to the point where I'm like, I'm not even trying, like zero effort, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> You are Becca Tilly. Like, like, like I yeah. just don't care, <laughs> like, which is my number one problem. But like, do you have any tips and tricks? Do you have like a, like, I think where do you yeah. meet people? Yeah. Where, I just, I don't even. Like I Sasha needs help, it. like, getting herself out there. Like, putting, yeah. like both, like, vulnerability-wise and physically out in the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, the other problem is I just, like, don't leave my apartment. Yeah. So, like, unless I'm going to, knock on my door and be like, oh, hey, like, your door looked really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the first step is leaving your house, I'll say. <laughs> um, sad. Write that down. <laughs> She says sad. <laughs> um, I just start like I had I was in your position um for a while too and because I just saw dating as a chore. Like, it is this is exhausting. Almost, like, you have to like look good, mm-hmm. you have to which takes a very long time. Yep. Like and <laughs> you have to be mentally prepared, you have to have like topics prepared in case the conversation goes bad. I'm not good at small talk. 
then you, it's like the whole thing of like, if we're going to dinner, what do I eat? Right. Like it can't be messy, but like, I also am not about salad. So I don't want to like make you think that I actually eat salad. Right. Um, I just, there's just much on that point. The I mean, logistics of it. Like, how do you get there? <laughs> I, there I just don't know. I mean, to touch on, like, what do you eat at a date, eat whatever the hell you want. Because at the end of the day, the person that you're going to be with isn't going to care if you have spaghetti on your face. Like, I don't know. That's how I go into, like, hanging out with people for the first time. This is me. This is the raw, real me. And if you don't like me on the first date for who I am, then, like, get out. Like, I don't want to be with you because I, for too many years, put on this facade of someone who I wasn't. And now I'm to this point where I'm like, this is me. All my friends love me for my good, bad, and ugly. And the person that I'm going to be with will love me for that as well. Truth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I want to like clap yeah. for that. But meeting people. So I did like online dating. The Tinder. I never did Bumble because Tinder just blew up in my like. I shut that down quick. Um, For some people, there's so many success stories. And I like applaud those people. But it was exhausting for me. I just... I was, it put too much of a negative energy around dating because I just was dealing with too many jerk offs. Like there's no yeah. other nice way to say it, like call them. They're, uh-huh. They were just jerks or like self-centered. And you're allowed to swear on this podcast. Okay, good. Yeah, Thank God. In case you were wondering. Um, so I, I got off. I completely got off. And I, I just told myself, like, I want to meet someone organically. I want to meet somebody, whether it's at the grocery store or I just wanted to be organically, and that for me, I felt was best. Um, because I'm not like small talk's not my thing either. Like I want to have passionate conversations. I want to know like your heart and soul off of the first date, rather than like what's your favorite color. I don't I don't give a shit. I mean, maybe somewhere down the line it would yeah. matter, but like first date, I don't care. I want to know like what are your hopes, what are your dreams, what are your ambitions? Like, do you love your mom? Like those type of things. Oh, what a good question. Yeah. What's your relationship like with your mom? Um, and so I just started going to different like events and things that interested me because I knew if I liked these things, like-minded people would be there. Um, so I started going to different art shows. I started hanging out at bars that I really enjoy and I thought would draw the same crowd. Um, I started just going to like different political parties, like things that interest me. So did you do all of those things by yourself or did you like, like maybe some of them by yourself, some of them with other people? Most of them were with friends. I mean, like my friend Kayla, she, our friend Kayla, she's like the greatest networker in the world. She knows everyone. She knows everyone. And she opened the door to so many people. But then there was also, I mean, I can't always rely on Kayla to go with me. And so it was finally after, after I probably, I think. It was about a year after I moved to Green Bay, I started doing things by myself Uh or inviting friends. But if they couldn't go, still doing those things because I just realized I can't always use Kayla or my other friends as a crutch. Like I have to put myself out there. If I don't put myself out there, I'm never going to find someone and I'm going to live with my cat in my five minutes (laughs) apartment by myself forever. (laughs) And that was the mentality. I had to have that shift. Yeah. That's such a brave, like... Step. Yeah, and like I just get like goosebumps hearing you talk. I'm like, dang, girl. I wish um, more girls, yes. like had that. Or women, I should say, girls and women had that mindset. I totally agree. I think mm-hmm. that's like I even have a hard time going by myself some places, and I feel like I'm only now as a 27 year old who's like married and has like I'm not trying to find anyone, obviously, but like it's it's still hard to like have that courage to go somewhere and like. Mm-hmm be vulnerable and open with people. So I think that that it's like, even with the intention of going and potentially finding someone, I think that's even cooler. Yeah. I think like my like baby step was going to sushi by myself. I just go sit, order sushi at the bar by myself, but I'm taking a step by myself doing something that's a little vulnerable because who looks at a girl that's sitting at a bar eating by herself and sees pity. Like, People look mm-hmm. down at you or like mm-hmm. sad at you, and it's like, well, no, I'm just hungry and I don't want to wait for anyone, so I'm right. gonna go make a decision for myself and get dinner. Anytime <laughs> I do that, I bring a book with me because then I'm like, okay, well, this is like cool because I have a book, so I'm just like chilling. But then I'm like, 
but then there's zero chance that anyone is going to come up and approach me. Like, absolutely zero chance. I don't know. I think that, like, that independence is, like, a sexy attribute of a woman. Like, if I were, like, a guy, I'd be like, dang, like, it's kind of bad. Like, I would look at that as, like, that's kind of badass. Like, look, you're just doing her, like, doing her own thing. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily. But when you go up and talk to her, like, you might from a distance be like, oh, yeah, that girl looks, like, yeah, I legit. Like somebody yeah. who, but they're, I think that's intimidating. Well, too. and I think too, in the world that we live in 2018, that's, that's just not what people do anymore. No. And it's like, <laughs> so sad, so sad because it is, it's like, we have these strong, independent women mm-hmm. who are just doing their own thing and men, but like with the focus of the, our, like today's topic, it's like, mm-hmm. we have these strong, independent women doing their own thing who are open to meeting someone but we just we don't want to deal with uh 2 a.m's hey you up text like (laughs) from tinder and it's like no let's i want to meet someone in an organic setting but then the guys are too afraid to approach us Mm -hmm. and so then it's like well now what do we do how do we right find somebody um the other thing too is like um asking like your mutual friend like friends and like do you have anyone? I mean, that's a huge step too, because that's showing vulnerability right mm-hmm. away. But um, sometimes your friends know somebody or have a connection that then connects can connect you. So step number one, I need to find friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, step number one was leaving your house. Yeah, yeah. Step one was leave my house. So that way step two, I can meet friends. Yes. Introduce <laughs> you to people. Yes. So, yeah. Those are... Yeah, that's great. Um, So, okay, my question now is, so you did this, like you took the big, brave, bold step and went out into the world. How is it going? Like what has the response been? The response has been, you know, I always – it's a lot like sales, go for no. (laughs) Yes. And um, I I would say within the last six months have been just going for the no – Rather than the waiting for the guy to ask me to coffee, like if we connect on an event and mm-hmm. maybe connect on social media, rather than waiting for him to ask me, I just ask him because there's no harm in coffee. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, that could go two different ways. It could be friendship or it could be a relationship. And so I just started taking that step. Um, and guy I, friends are underrated. I like if you can get some good guy friends, like that's how you sure. can be introduced to yeah. even more guys too. Absolutely. So. And like, if for me being in the creative industry, that's just it. It's like making friends who are other creatives that maybe emotionally or relationship wise we don't connect, but we can connect in the fact of you're a photographer, I'm a hairstylist, like let's do a shoot or oh, yeah, you know, like yeah. that type of connection. Um, I don't go into every encounter as like, Am I gonna date you? Yeah. No. I'm like how can what can I bring to your life what can you bring to mine like is this Mm -hmm. could this be a friendship first um because that's a big thing for me too is I made a promise to myself that whoever I am with next he's gonna be my best friend we're gonna he's that's just it like my best friend he's gonna know my insides and out and he's gonna like love me for that Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have similar interests maybe not all of our interests will be the same but we're gonna love the core things which are for me is hiking and biking and being outdoors and caring about the planet things like that um what a good topic on earth day yeah right drop for earth day (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah to go back to your question it's going it's definitely um it's tough Definitely in 2018 because it's like you don't know if the other person is in the position like on the same like wavelength as you like you don't know are they dating other people Mm -hmm. or like what's going are they even interested in me in this like type of connection Um, and then that just comes into then you just have to have an honest conversation right away yeah like if you're wondering am I like are you seeing other people? Just ask that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I feel like, like everything you're saying is so like I'm hearing it and I'm like, this is so simple. Like you've totally simplified it. But yeah, so dating. profound. Yeah, like you've <laughs> totally simplified it, but you're getting like you're I don't know if this is a 
right way to say it, but you're like core dating. Like you're like to the core of people, like soul dating. Yeah. yeah. Is that the right way to say it? For I don't sure. Know. And I feel and like that's the way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is awesome. So my other question, like listening to you talk is like, there's definitely like mindset work that you did like internally to get to this point. So I think even if there's people listening, like who are like, oh, this sounds really good. And even as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this sounds so easy. Like, it sounds like, yeah, just ask, just have the honest kind of conversation. Just go have sushi by yourself. But like, what did you do to get to this point? And is it an ongoing process? Oh my gosh. It's always an ongoing process for sure. Um, I have been doing like soul searching for hardcore, I would say four years. Um, and even before that, but I was shaken to the core after a bad breakup mm-hmm. three years ago. Or oh gosh, four years ago. It'll be four years in July, um, and that shook me. It was you know the, the guy I thought I was going to marry, the guy that I moved across the world and then the country for, and then it wow. literally went up in flames. Mm-hmm. Um, How long were you together for? Uh, we have a little bit of history from the, like, we met when we were 18, um, and then we broke up, and he went into the servant because he was um, stationed overseas, and then we reconnected, and we were together for two years okay. then after. Um, and we had always, always stayed in touch, but there was always this connection, this connection of, like, he's definitely the one. So when he came back, it was a new question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, when the breakup happened, it was hard it was devastating it was to this day the worst thing that has ever happened and I've I've lost loved ones I've you know hard things have happened to Mm -hmm. me but that was one that really pushed me back and made me like reevaluate everything in my life um and then that's when I really started soul searching and figuring out um what do I want from a relationship? What do I need from a relationship? And who am I and what do I bring to a relationship? Um, And then, you know, you casually date and date other people. And with every new relationship, you learn something new. Um, Even if you only went on three dates, you learn something from that person. Um, And the point that I'm at at 27, I've really realized is that like, yes, looks are something. The initial attraction is important, absolutely, but I don't care if you have a six-pack abs, if you care about the, like, the earth, and you care about animals, Mm -hmm. and you care about your family, and you have a connection like that, you can have a dad bod if if you have a good heart, Mm -hmm. because the biggest thing is you can't, you can change someone's hairstyle, their wardrobe, you can tweak that. But yeah. you can't change who someone is to their to the core. You can't change their values. And that was a big learning lesson for me. Yeah. I feel like I could just say amen. I know. After, like every <laughs> sentence you say, I'm like, yes, yes. I like, yes. Put, like, yes. Around everything. <laughs> yes. I, like keep doing the praise hands over here. Like, yes. This is so – because that's so, so true. And I think that, like, I've been in a relationship for 11 years, and it's – Like when I see people who are like rushing into relationships or like settling for people that I I look at them and I'm like, they're like, nothing could be so good happening behind closed doors that like you are settling for that. Like, because what I'm seeing on the outside, like as an outsider, maybe I don't understand it. Maybe I'm, you know, not knowing the whole story, but like, sometimes I see people together and I'm like, my gosh, like. Do you see your self-worth? Do you see, like, that he puts you down or he, like, doesn't appreciate you? And I always, like, wonder, like, what is happening behind closed doors because I know that, like, when I was growing up and, like, with my now husband, like, my friends were just very open with me and would ask me those things. Like, are you with him because it's comfortable? Because we've been together since we were 16. So, like, are you guys just together because you don't know anything different are you guys like and I was lucky enough to have people in my life that were questioning those things because I feel like usually people sit on the sideline and are like well like she has to make that decision by herself and and like which is true I think that you can learn both ways but I think that it's just so crazy to me to see women who are so strong and yet like will be with someone who like publicly just treats them like crap 
And I guess yeah. like what for you, if you're, if you feel comfortable sharing, um, was like that breaking point where you like, like, I don't know how, if it was mutual or if it was one-sided, but like, at what point did the shift happen of like, okay, I deserved more or I deserved different from what that relationship was? Yeah. So it's pretty crazy because, um, so that relationship that I talked about that shook me to the core, um, it ended bad. It was, he cheated on me multiple times. And the crazy part is, is saying that out loud, it's, Mm -hmm. people don't believe that when they know me. They're like, whoa, you were cheated on and then you stayed. And it is, it's the most like crazy thing for me to say now because I would never do it again, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I didn't know that. And I know that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a huge life lesson. And I stayed because I thought you you fix things. You fix a relationship. You know, this is something we can fix. Which and, I also think is admirable because I think a lot of people run away. Right. And if it's something that you really think is worth fighting for, we've had – Miranda and I have had discussions about this before. Like, then you stick around and you put your best foot forward. Right. As mm-hmm. long as you both are willing yep. to put – you know, everything aside. And that's, yeah, that was a learning lesson. I was, I was fighting blood, sweat, and tears for this relationship and he wasn't. And that was the pivotal moment Mm -hmm. in, in that relationship. Um, and, and I'll be honest, it took my mom coming out and getting me from Utah to get me home to finally snap me out of it. I would have stayed Mm -hmm. and kept trying. And then that's the point when the, 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 the mental abuse happens because mm-hmm. you think this is me. This is my fault. He's okay. cheating on me because something's wrong with me. Oh, hell no. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with me. I mean, I have my flaws, <laughs> but nothing that constitutes him cheating on me no, and no. doing what happened. Mm-hmm. And I would say still, though, like my understanding my self-worth came with the relationship shortly after. Um, I had jumped into a relationship too quickly. I thought, like I'm ready for this. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, I'm ready for this. I'm definitely, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, but it was then in that relationship um, that I realized, no, like I deserve so much more than what my previous ex had given me and what this person's giving me. Um, and that was really when I had the shift in my self-worth and figuring out like, who I am to the core, what makes me me, and then really loving that. Because I've been with people who say, you know, you're too opinionated, you're too loud, you're too obnoxious. When you drink and dance like a like a crazy person, that's too, like, you're annoying, you're crazy. It was all these, you're too much this. And then I finally sat down and realized, like, all those things that people consider too much are what makes me me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... If they can't love me for me, then they don't deserve me. Right. And so now that was the pivotal Ooh, gave me chills. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I've gotten chills like three times. I know. <laughs> I would like have been watching. Like we have already been talking for almost 30 minutes. And I'm like, how is the time just flying? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because you're just, everything you're saying is just so like, I, so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I hope so many girls and women listen to this and guys who are in this situations like listen to this and are just empowered to like love themselves first and appreciate themselves first. Cause I honestly, I think we've talked about this not only on the podcast, but inside conversations before, like you're not going to get in a relationship that is successful when you're not fully appreciating yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that like you can be in a very down and low point in your life when you get in a relationship. When I met Eric, I was my husband, I was in not a good mental space, but like he, I was being pulled out of it. Like at that time from meeting my, one of my best friends, but then also like he came in and like, just lifted me from that. Like you will meet someone that like, no matter what stage in life you're in will bring you even higher. But I think that like the better mindset you have and the more like love, self-love and self-appreciation you can have and confidence, like that is just going to draw like your kind of person to you. For I, sure. I truly believe that. Absolutely. And that's, that's a quote that I, I continuously tell myself. It, if you don't love yourself, you can't expect someone else to. 
True. And especially the right person. Yeah. Because um, I do think there are people that get into relationships and they don't love themselves. So they're searching for that person to fill that void. Mm-hmm. That's not fair to the other person. And that's, that's not a lot fair of pressure to, you. to put on Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I think that you don't have to always love yourself. We all have days, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I love myself all the time. Like, no, there are days where I'm like, damn, Elise, like, <laughs> you really suck today. Like, but I'm also deep down, I know my worth and I know mm-hmm. like my strengths and my weaknesses and I'm aware of those. Um, and I think that's just, that's important. Yeah, for sure. I think even, you know, as you're saying this, like, I feel like even in my own relationship, there's been, that's been the shift for us too, where we've, we've had our, you know, hills and valleys. And we, I think when I, when I started working, not to put, like when you're going through that struggle, you tend to focus on the problem and solving the problem and working and, and focusing so much on that other person. For sure. And I think that really the, the benefit comes from focusing on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then that person, it's almost like you take that pressure off that person too. Um, Cause I think I found myself wanting, seeking that validation and approval from him when he was like, I don't, why would I need to give this to you? Of course I already, um, I already care about you. I already love you. I already, and I was asking him to give me the love that I wasn't giving myself. Right. So that's like, it's really, really powerful when you start, operating from that space yeah yeah absolutely and I mean I was raised in a home where my parents have been together oh gosh they're gonna punch me for not knowing this but (laughs) I think 25 years it'll be 25 years um 20 years plus and I saw the good and the bad like I know that a healthy relationship goes through their ups and downs Mm -hmm. and part of the the biggest struggle for my parents was that my mom didn't love herself and she was looking for that through my dad and it put a lot of stress on them so I saw my mom put the work in go to counseling figure her shit out yeah. And then them as a couple do the counseling, put the work in. And now, I mean, their relationship is stronger than ever. Like, they're like high schoolers in love and it's disgusting. Oh, like, I love oh that. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's the relationship that I want. And I'm aware uh-huh. that I'm going to have – there will be ups and downs. But mm-hmm. if there are two people willing to make it work and put that effort in, they're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such, like – an awesome thing to recognize for them because once you've been married or in a relationship for a long time, like I think it's so easy for that spark to go away or for you to like stop trying as hard or for you to stop like putting in that extra effort, like to say the little things that really do make a difference. And I think that like, it's, it's just so important to like keep that kind of fire alive. And it's actually a blog post that we're posting this week. Um, is about that kind of keeping that fire alive in relationships. Um, but the fact that she could see like, okay, I need to do something for me so that I can help the relationship. And then like at the end of the day, that then makes your family stronger. Oh yeah. And you as a young person getting to grow up and see that happen, like has probably helped shape your mind to be able to get you to the space you are now and say like, I know what I'm worth. I know what I need to work towards. And yeah, you had to go through your own shit too, to like get there, which I think is true for a lot of people yeah absolutely but I think that's really cool that they were open and kind of you know all that stuff that they went through because my parents divorced when I was young very very young and so I grew up like very scared of relationships and I like got into them and didn't necessarily know like how to act in them and like it wasn't like it was almost too easy to just get rid of them. Like mm-hmm. I would just, if it wasn't working out, I'd be like, okay, bye. And I'd just have a new boyfriend like a week later. Yeah. Like I was like a serial dater because I was, it was replaceable. It was, it could end, it could start. But then when it came to marriage, I was so terrified. Like, even though I like ended up dating my husband so young and sticking with him, like it, it, it still like terrified me to get married because then it was like, oh my God, like, And I questioned, like, am I just with him because it's comfortable? Am I with him because, like, I love him? And I I knew I loved him. Like, he was my very best friend. And, like, but that was the thing. It was, like, this is a lifelong partner. Like, 
you can't settle. You right. can't go into it thinking like, well, if it doesn't work, like there's divorce. Right. Like that is the mindset you don't want. To, like if you're having those thoughts, I feel like mm, you should probably like reevaluate where you're at because I, it, and that's when it comes down to too, like it's okay to doubt. You should be asking yourself those questions because if you don't, you get to a stage in your relationship where you're like, what am I doing here? Right. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. Now we're in too deep. And like, it's, you kind of feel like you have to stick with it because you lost your chance to leave or something. And like, I think that it's so normal to question everything. And I think as long as you're open with that person about it and just say like, Hey, I'm starting to freak out or Hey, like, I'm terrified, you know, as you know, my, and I had to be open with my husband about that. Like, you know, my parents are divorced. I'm terrified that we're going to get married and you're going to leave me. And so we like just had to be very open and honest about those conversations. But I think as long as you're with that person that like knows you inside and out and appreciates you for who you are and knows your history and like is okay with like you being too much of things, you know what I mean? I think that those conversations can be had and are good. And they're beneficial and they're healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. I think if you don't feel comfortable having those conversations, then that's a red flag. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's just like seeing the red flags and acknowledging them and really evaluating. Is this a red flag that is a minor red flag, more like a pink flag? Or is this a red flag (laughs) that is literally in flames because it's so red? Like those are the flags that you should be listening to and evaluating. Um, that was something like that I learned quickly after my bad breakup. It was there were red flags from day one and I ignored them. Mm-hmm. I ignored my gut. And uh, so now I listen to my gut more than anything. And my gut is yet to be wrong. And so it, that's that's such an important lesson is listening to my gut. I mean, I use it for everything, my career, my -hmm. social life, my love life. Like it's everything. If my gut's telling me like, get out of this, Mm -hmm. I get out. That's That's, good for you. That's yeah. So, okay. So what are back to like dating and like finding the one, right? Yeah. Like when you're going on these dates, um, cause you're actively dating, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what are the things that like, both you look for in that person like what are the qualities that you're like I know you're not going into it necessarily with expectation like this could be my future husband you're kind of just like let's get to know each other but what are the things are you that you're looking for and then what are those red flags that will make you immediately say no yeah I think like from date or not even date number one but the first like initial Mm -hmm. encounter is like do they ask questions about me or is the conversation all about them that's a good yes because if it's all about them get the hell out I think a lot of girls and women avoid or ignore that one um yeah because because I think we're so interested in them that we just we're like oh and we're maybe more insecure like nervous about the whole Mm -hmm. thing so we just let it roll and we're like we enjoy learning about them. And I th- I don't think enough of us see that as a red flag right away. Yeah, for sure. And that, to me, that's a huge red days. flag. Yeah. And it's it's a, yeah. it's almost, it's like you leave feeling like, well, they didn't care to get to know me at uh-huh. all. They only cared to word vomit everything and anything about them. And it's like, yes, I am very interested in getting to know you, but I also want you to get to know me. Yeah. And I don't want to sp- and the rest of my life with someone that literally only talks about himself. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think like it's important too. Like conversations can get passionate, and that's fine. Like mm-hmm. they it can't. So it's it's really being able to see like are they purposely just talking about themselves the whole time and showing zero interest in me, or are they just like the conversation is going because they're so passionate yeah. about it. Well, I think another thing is if they're like it depends what they're talking so much about because if they're talking about like their accomplishments and their whatever like if, if it sounds like bragging then right. that's a huge red flag but if you bring up like it's birthday so I'm just gonna stay with this topic but if <laughs> if um 
like they start talking about some wildlife sanctuary that they're super passionate about or whatever, then I, I think that's different. Absolutely. But yeah, if it's just like, oh, I won these awards and I'm ranked this in my industry for my age group and blah, blah, like, no thanks. Right. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. As, yeah, like if he is like, oh, I just spent my Sunday with my mom picking up garbage alongside the road. Well, then I want to hear all about that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, not that I don't want to hear about your accomplishments, but I don't want to hear all about your accomplishments. Like, I don't need right. to know what year you Right. Yeah. I don't want to know that you were the high school yeah. captain of your football team, like snooze fest. I don't yeah. care about that. <laughs> high school was 10 years ago now. Right. Like, if you're still living in high school, gross. And we can get to that, uh-huh. but, like, not, like, I don't need to know now. Not I don't know who you are now. Because yeah. if you're the same as you were then, like, what? This isn't going to work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Um, And, yeah, that's – I also – I, like – in the like first initial like interaction is do they, like do they talk about their family at all like is family mm-hmm. important to them because i mean there are some people that come from unfortunate family situations and that's okay too but to me like my family is so important to me and so i want to be with someone that at least values family and even if they didn't come from the same family life like style as I did, um, they still have respect for their parents and um, still like respects their siblings. They may not have to like their siblings, but they respect them because if they don't respect the people that they lived with for 18 plus years, people that parented them and like birthed them, they're not going to show me any respect because who am I compared to their family? And that's like, that's a huge big red flag if there's, if, if they make, like, snide comments about their family or something like that. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other – I think those are my two big ones, like, in the yeah. initial meeting. Yeah. And what are, like, the positive ones? Like, what are the ones, like, when you are looking for someone, what are, like, that, hmm, yeah, what makes I like that. Yeah. yeah, I guess my biggest thing is, like, hiking. Like, I love – I take a trip out west every year, so it's it like they have to love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. They don't love the outdoors, then I mean this conversation will probably end quickly. Yeah. Um, love for animals. Oh my gosh, I love every animal like on this planet. So it's like, you know, if they have a love, if they have a pet or they have like they just love animals, that's I'm mean, immediately hooked with that. Um, I also just love to hear them talk about like their careers, like their their hopes and their dreams. Like what where do they want to take their career to the next level where do like where do they want to take their side project to what is like what do they have going on that like feeds their soul and lights that fire in them um because if it's someone that's just like I'm at this job it's awesome pays the bills that's not what I like that's just that doesn't mesh well with me I want someone that's passionate about what they do Mm -hmm. and or passionate about what they want to do maybe they're not in that job that feeds their soul but they're looking to step out of it um those are things that like get me pumped up when when I'm talking to people yeah I feel like if this was like broadcasted to like a million people you're like social medias would be like blowing up because <laughs> I feel like like with everything you've said and like your interests and stuff like I feel like so many people would be like well he needs to be like good looking like <laughs> funny and like I love like your specificity and just like the fact that you're like he just needs to have like a good heart like at the end of the day he needs to have a good heart have ambition and be respectful absolutely and like and that's a good starting point for every relationship for sure because at the end of the day you get older your hair turns gray some people's hair falls out you're like things happen you get wrinkles you shift and if you don't love someone for their heart and soul then like why are you with them because in 20 years you're not going to love them anymore if you're just with them for their their looks Mm -hmm. right and so like yeah those are the things that even in my friendships that draw me to people Mm -hmm. it's not all about the looks this has by far been my favorite podcast I know, that we've I'm ever like, done. I could talk to you for hours. I know. Oh my gosh. Um, do you guys have any more questions? Or are we like. So I wanted to. We'll see how this works. So <laughs> if we remember back to Ari's season, Kendall had this really weird book of questions 
Um, so weird. I was thinking about her book of questions today. I don't know why this morning. Yes. Yeah. So, and so I kind of wanted to follow in her footsteps and every time we have a guest ask like a really weird question. But then as I was trying to come up with these really weird questions, I felt really weird about it. (laughs) So I just came up with some interesting questions. And so I'm between two, so I'm going to let you pick which one you want to answer, okay. or if you're, like, dying to answer both, you can. <laughs> um, so question A would be, and I think this is interesting just because you're kind of in the fashion industry. Sure. Um, what is the most embarrassing thing that you've ever worn in your entire life that you have chosen for yourself? Like, not something your mom put you in, but something that you saw and picked out and bought and was like, oh my gosh, I need this. This is such a good question. Or um, from a childhood movie, like what scene from a childhood movie has just scarred you for life? Like anytime you think about that scene, you're like, I just, I cannot, I cannot even handle it. Gosh, such good questions. Okay, so I'll answer the first one. I immediately have popped in my head because I, I can just picture the my mom used to take like first day of school photos every year um, and last day. So it was nice to reminisce on the poor choices I've made. <laughs> um, but my God, I'm, I am um, I don't know if you guys ever had these, but they were like the Etnies uh, skater shoes. Um, yes. Yeah. So they were baby blue and white. And then, you know, you'd like do checkers with the, sh- the shoelaces. Yep. It would be those because I can vividly remember seeing them and I'm like, you've never rode a skateboard in your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, you went to a small town high school. Um, so where the fuck did you think this was okay? <laughs> you're like huge. Like, you look like you're wearing like bricks on your feet. Yeah, they're like flying <laughs> shoes. Yeah, I don't know why those were... There was a lot of shoes back then that were yeah. like these bricks. That, right. Oh. Yeah. So um, those, so those, funny. those would be such the a good one. I feel like anything in that like era would have worked. <laughs> like I feel, I'm like even thinking about my outfits back when that stuff was cool, and I'm like, ever, literally every day of my life was the worst. <laughs> well, and the like unfortunate part is like that was the time when people actually printed photos. They didn't get lost oh, on your camera yes. roll. So there's evidence. Yeah. There's evidence. Boxes right. And free to the world to find <laughs> oh. like someday when we're like gone and my However, great- a benefit. It's not on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um and as far as a childhood movie that Scott So happy you answered both. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying nice to work, think. I, I know which one mine is. Yeah. What's cool. yours? Um, E.T. <laughs> I was terrified of E.T. <laughs> Wait, which part? The whole um, movie? The whole movie, but mostly when he's in the closet. Oh, That's terrifying to me. Yeah. And the little boy, isn't that when the boy screams? I don't even know. Um, but I never watched the whole movie. I just saw literally one scene and was like, mm, nope, well, then not doing it. Well, then you're lucky because the end when he like starts getting sick and all the like government people start getting and they're all like hooked oh, up yeah. to stuff that part I was like <gasps> like oh my god I just couldn't look at him I, uh, was, I didn't like it yeah no that I can see that yeah, I can still picture him and just I always Such thought there were monsters and things in my closet and under <laughs> my bed all the time so like oh, I, still I was that. a yeah I was a paranoid child so I just didn't like the idea that something would be in my closet I there like there's nothing that comes right to mind but there. Gosh, this would have been a long, long, long time ago, but it would have been kind of like yours, like where I just caught a glimpse of it. I don't even know what the movie was, <laughs> but like this gateway to another dimension opened up and like the kid went through it and like it was the scary alien kind of movie. I like am picturing something in my head right now. And that scarred me. And it's going to come to me right when we like are talking. <laughs> it reminds me, was it that Witch Mountain movie? Oh, that one was freaky. That I don't know. But that one, I just remember, like, that's vividly in my head is of being terrified. Yeah. Also, what was that tornado one? <gasps> Twister? Twister with the cows. Oh, I yes. felt like, what? Oh my gosh, yes. And in the beginning when, like, the dad gets, like, pulled into the yes. tornado. Oh, <laughs> that's such a bad idea for children. <laughs> I know. Why were we watching that as kids? Where were my parents? <laughs> I know. I feel like a lot of those movies in that time, like, the 
night early nineties like that, they were not suitable for children. No, not at all. <laughs> I just like how like both of you go straight to like act like those are should be scarring experiences for children. Like it makes total sense. They're frightening, they're scary. And I think this speaks to who I am as an emotionally available person. (laughs) (laughs) Or lack thereof. Um, My most scarring is, and I've still never seen the whole movie because I I can't, is Fox and the Hound. Because when they split up the fox and the hound, I just like emotionally could not handle it as a six-year-old. And I was like, I'm done. I don't like emotion. I don't like this. It's Disney. So it's probably going to be happy, but at this point, like, nope, I don't need this unneeded sadness in my life. I'm done. So, like, that's when I realized that, like, oh, like, like, just emotions aren't good for me. (laughs) We're just going to lock those up. (laughs) Bambi, too. Yeah. You kill the mom in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. movie, I mean, The Lion King. That's mine. Supposedly, I don't remember this because I was too little, but supposedly my parents took me and another family, like we went as two families, to this movie in the theaters. And we literally, Kyle and I started bawling and couldn't watch the rest of the movie when uh, Mufasa died. So, and yeah, they were like, we weren't expecting this. They were like, you got it that the dad died. Like you were four. We didn't think you'd totally understand. Anyways, they had to remove us from the theater because we were, like, so upset. Yeah. The part for me in Lion King where it, like, scars me. Uh-huh. Get it? Scars um, But the part that really gets me is when, not when Mufasa dies, but then Simba, like, goes up to him and is like, Dad. Oh, yeah. Dad, yeah. Why? I know. It's so <laughs> tough. Oh, and he, like, snuggles him. But, like, one of the, like, I don't know if you guys have this, but, like, where movies just kind of, like, pass through your head and quotes and stuff. Yeah. Or, like, a situation occurs and, like, a scene, a movie scene pops in your head. But, like, the scene where the hyenas are talking to him and then, like, it turns green and he's, like, I'm surrounded by idiots. Like, I (laughs) feel that. Like, so much. Yeah. I really like the podcast. You hate yeah. that yeah. Sasha, like, looks up and is like, dear God. She's like, yeah, dazing off, doodling in her room. Like, I'm surrounded by idiots. I mean, at least once a day. So, there you oh, go. That was great. But, Those are great questions to yeah. end. I feel like well, we end every podcast with fun questions. I have, yeah. I have so many. I literally started my own book. <gasps> Bye! Um, Kendall 2.0. But yes, we have had far too much fun today. We are way yeah. over time. Um, this has been so great. Wow, thanks so for coming. Oh my gosh, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. No, so, thank you so much. Now that everybody knows you a little bit, yes. we're obviously all friends now. So tell <laughs> everyone where they can find you. Um, so Instagram, you can find me at Elise Marie, A-L-Y-S-C-E-M-A-R-I-E. Um, and... That's probably all I'm going to yeah. give out because yeah. my Facebook's whatever. But. Yeah, no, that's fine. And yeah. then your blog, do you want to share that? Um, my website, uh, if you're looking for a hairstylist. Yeah, is, if you're in the area. Yeah, if you're in the area is. Um, I'm writing. EliseMarie.com. <laughs> so A-L-Y-S-C-E-M-A-R-I-E.com. And Miranda and I have both gotten our hair done by Elise, so, like, we 100% – I can't talk. 100% can vouch for her ability. And you'll have these cool conversations with her while she's doing it. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, this isn't just podcast talk. (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm obsessed with both of their hair always, and so – I can't wait. I'm gonna book an appointment. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, this has been really fun. Yes, yeah. I love this. Absolutely. And well, and we close out with one of our all-time favorite songs. So I guess it's time to say. Bye, 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 bye.